0: BENJAMIN FRANKLIN THE BOY PRINTER HISTORY STORIES COLLECTION When Franklin was born in Boston, 1706, there were men still living who had seen John Winthrop, the first governor of Massachusetts, and Roger Williams, the founder of Rhode Island. Franklin's father was a poor but hard-working man. He made soap and candles. Benjamin's nine brothers had learned trades, but his parents had decided that he should be the scholar of the family. At eight he went to school to prepare for college, and was soon at the head of his class. But it was hard to feed and clothe a family of seventeen, and Benjamin was sent to another school where he could fit himself for business. But he did poorly in arithmetic, and at ten was taken out of school and put to work with his father. In the port of Boston, Franklin saw the ships and sellers of all nations and longed to go to sea, but his father took him to visit the shops where he saw men busy at work with all kinds of tools. Although Benjamin liked to work with tools, he liked to read better and spent all his little earnings in buying books. He borrowed books when he could not buy them. Finally, Franklin's parents decided that since he loved books so well, he might be a printer, and put him to learn the trade with an older brother. Benjamin was to serve his brother for his board and clothes until he was 21. He worked hard at his trade and read more books than before. He improved his own language by writing out in his own words what he had read, and then comparing his account with the author's. He now offered to take half the money that his board cost and board himself. His brother agreed to this plan, and Benjamin saved money and bought more books. He longed to write something for his brother's paper. He did so and put it at night under the door, but he did not dare sign his name to what he had written. His brother showed it to his friends. They praised it, and it was printed. It was fun for Benjamin to hear people guessing that the writer must be some great man in Boston. Franklin wrote several other articles and called them the do-good papers, but his brother was angry when he learned who wrote them. Franklin was now only seventeen, but because of his brother's cruelty, he sold his books and took a boat for New York without saying goodbye to his parents. He afterwards said that leaving home in this way was a great mistake. No one in New York wanted a printer, so young Franklin took a boat for Perth Amboy, New Jersey, on his way to Philadelphia. His ship was caught in a storm, and the pastures were wet and hungry when they landed. Franklin set out on foot across the state of Burlington. For nearly three days he walked in the rain along muddy roads, looking so rough people thought he was a runaway servant. He was tired and homesick, but he took boat again and reached Philadelphia on Sunday morning, landing at the foot of Market Street. He was so hungry, he thought more of something to eat than of dressing up for Sunday. He was in a sorry plight, with his pockets stuffed with soiled shirts and stockings and a row of bread under each arm, and one in his hand, Franklin walked up Market Street and passed the home of his future wife, Deborah Reed. No wonder she laughed at him. She would have laughed more if someone had said, There goes a boy who will someday become your husband and the greatest man in Philadelphia. Franklin found work in a printing office, saved his money, and bought books to study. He got acquainted with other young people who also loved books, and he often spent his evenings with them. To the the surprise of Franklin and his brother, printers, one day Sir William Keith... The governor of Pennsylvania called at the shop to see Franklin. Governors did not then pay much attention to poor printers. The governor, who was dissatisfied with Philadelphia printers, promised to send him to England to buy a printing press. Franklin, with the governor's letter in his pocket, hastened back to Boston in order to get his father's help to go to London. How happy were parents, brothers, and sisters to see the long-absent son and brother! But his father could give him no aid, and the young printer returned to Philadelphia. The governor, however, promised to pay his expenses, and Benjamin took ship for England. The governor had not even given him letters of introduction to say nothing of money, and Franklin found himself a stranger in one of the largest cities in the world. He did not whine or spend much his time grumbling, but went bravely to work in a printing office. He set a good example to his beer-drinking comrades by drinking only water and proving he was stronger and able to do more work and do it better than any of them. The next year, a Philadelphia merchant persuaded Franklin to return to America to become his clerk, but in a few years he went to work again at his old trade as printer, and in a short time became the editor of the Pennsylvania Gazette. Franklin had already married Miss Reed, the young lady who had laughed at him for making a show of himself on his first day in Philadelphia. A rising young man. He was now a rising young man in the old Quaker city. From year to year he did many things to help others. He started a circulating library, the first in America out of which has grown the Philadelphia Public Library. He founded a school which has become the Great University of Pennsylvania and a society called the American Philosophical Society, which still holds important meetings. Franklin improved the heating of houses by inventing the Franklin stove, but refused to take out a patent and thus make himself rich at other people's expense. He also formed the first fire department in any American town. Who has not heard of poor Richard's Almanac? Franklin printed it, and the people liked it so well that he sometimes printed 10,000 copies. Here are a few of sayings. A word to the wise is enough. God helps those who help themselves. Early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Franklin and his young wife kept these rules faithfully. She worked in the printing office as well as in the house. They had no servants. Their furniture, dress, and food were plain. He ate his breakfast of bread and milk out of a wooden bowl with a pewter spoon. Mrs. Franklin surprised him one day by giving him a china bowl and a silver spoon. She said her husband deserved such things as well as other men. The people of Philadelphia married Benjamin Franklin more and more. At the age of thirty, he was chosen clerk of the assembly of Pennsylvania, and afterward was elected a lawmaker in the assembly. Every year, for 10 years, his neighbors elected him to help make the laws of the colony. In a few years, Franklin was made deputy postmaster general for all the colonies by the king. He surprised the people by declaring that the mail should be carried from Philadelphia to Boston every week. He was postmaster general for more than 20 years. In 1754, Franklin was sent by the colony of Pennsylvania to Albany, New York, to meet men from other colonies to make a treaty with the Iroquois and to plan a union of the 13 colonies. While George Washington was still a surveyor, before Wolfe captured Quebec and when Patrick Henry was yet a boy, Franklin wrote out a plan of union which pointed the way toward that greater union than the United States of America. Franklin was now becoming famous outside of Pennsylvania. Yale College honored him with a degree of Master of Arts. The old University of Cambridge, England, gave him the same degree. All the wise men in England and France were excited by news of an experiment made by Benjamin Franklin. He had made electricity by using glass tubes, and he had seen the lightning flash in the storm cloud. He decided to prove, if he could, that lightning and electricity are the same. No one had yet done this. He made a kite out of silk, to which he fastened a small iron rod. Then he tied a hemp pin string to the kite and the rod. To the lower end of the string he tied a silken cord to protect his hand from the electricity. On the string he tied a key. One day, when the storm clouds came rolling up, Franklin sent his kite h- high up among them while he waited. Soon the loose fibers on the hempen string moved. Franklin placed his knuckles close to the key, and sparks came flying at his hand. When the news of this experiment was published, some very wise men smiled. Others said it was a trick. The great universities of Oxford and Edinburgh, however, gave him the doctor's degree, and societies of wise men in England, France, and Spain elected him a member. He was now the most famous American.